0: Are you currently in the market with your wife trying to buy a property? You guys already own your house.
1: No, we rent a house. You yeah. Rent. So we've got, I've All always. our
0: neighbors. You're
1: Well, it's <laughs> slash. All
0: right, let's not put that in. I actually don't want, <laughs> I actually don't want people to know what I
1: We're going to cut that one yeah, out. we we'll cut. <laughs>
0: welcome back to this episode of uh, atrium's developer podcast with my buddy branson bowen are you guys actually trying to find a property right now in the market have you seen how crazy it is right now
1: yeah we've looked I mean, before we got this house we definitely looked um it just doesn't make sense it does not for right now um and i don't know where the housing market's gonna go i mean i the value, I mean, you're running out of homes, you're running Mm. out of pay, I mean, your supply is getting really diminished, which your demand is continuing to increase, especially here in Florida. I mean, people are moving here, moving here, moving here. And so as that gap continues to go, interest rates might go back down, but the value of the home because of the supply demand gap is, I don't see it going back down. I mean, it may come back down a little bit, but I think you're going to see interest rates come down before you see home prices come down.
0: And I know that the normal real estate, when it comes to the housing market, the normal curve was a little bit thrown off. Like during, I remember during Trump's administration, um, towards the the later end of that, everybody was expecting home prices to right. dip. And I was, I was one of them, I was like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, and it never dipped. And then we're now in this predicament where home prices are high and interest rates are high. Well, usually it would be the opposite, sure. right? When interest rates were down, home prices were a little higher and right. then vice versa. But now we're in this market where interest rates are high, home prices are high like what is going to happen here and like you said there's not enough supply but it also the cost to build right. is significant so I, I'm, I'm even trying to figure out right now if maybe it's worth it just to buy a lot and, and that, build that's, a house. Where, that's
1: where we're at I'll, I'll just build my own house yeah
0: i, mean, it, <laughs> I may call you to build. Yeah. A house.
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it's a tough it's a challenge to navigate for sure yeah
0: yeah well let me ask you this between now and the end of the year what's your big ass goal how do you want to close out 2023 personally and then professionally
1: um, personally, I've got some cool trips planned, so that's, uh, you know.
0: Also, oh, you're one of those. You you're one of those now spending well, all your money on traveling. No,
1: no, yeah, there there um there's some hunts, so we're going on. We're going up to North Dakota, and then we'll go to Texas. Nice. Um, so I, I think you know, just enjoying that time. Um, you know, personally you know, I have a goal of, of finishing my next year goal is to finish 52 books a year in one year. Um, this year's goal was 24. So two a month. And so I'm at like 20 right now. All right. Um, so that would be more personal type stuff. Um, professionally, you know, again, just position PBC in a way that allows us to sustain what's coming. Um, with CCC. I mean, we're still in growth mode. I think there's there's a tremendous we had an event yesterday. Yeah. It was a tremendous outcome. Um, you know, we're making really good moves here in the Orlando community. There's been a lot of organizations that have benefited substantially from what we're doing. Um and there are a lot of people in the industry that are continuing to benefit. Um there's I have one big thing that I can't announce yet. Um oh but it will get announced before the end of the year.
0: I mean, you can announce it here. No. We can we can always postpone when yeah. this releases and I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's something that um is it's been work it's been in the works for a few months now. Okay. Um hopefully we'll have our launch before the end of the year. Um it's another company and then yeah, that'll get announced and I can't say anything more than that.
0: All right. Okay. We got a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> teaser, a teaser. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be amazing, whatever it is. Yeah. I know you work very hard. So, you know, even with CCC. So I know that, I think the conversation you guys had yesterday, going back to that, was uh, related to the Live Local Act. That's correct. And how that's going to be impacting Central Florida development. So can you share a little bit about, you know, what the conversation was about yesterday?
1: Yeah. So we had um, three individuals. So Annette with Baker Barrios, mm-hmm. Josh with uh, Leopardo. And construction. By the way,
0: Annette's my girl. If you're yeah. watching this, Annette, I love you.
1: And Damien with Mill Creek, and so nice. you know, Mill Creek's a affordable housing developer, mm-hmm. and so you know, the act is basically government provided. I mean, the state of Florida provided funding for developers to be more incentivized to build affordable housing for locals of Orlando. That's essentially what it boils down to. Um, basically one of the incentives is that zoning requirements are going to be a lot less stringent on rezoning or getting your use approved or the development approved. You know, although that is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's still very early. I mean, the act got approved in legislation in like July. July, So we're still very early to see like what's to come. Mm -hmm. Um, but developers like Mill Creek and your, your, your bigger companies are very adamant about that, that affordable housing push. Mm -hmm. Um, but what they've seen so far is that you get this speed up in zoning mm-hmm. and then you get a bottleneck in permitting um, because a lot of the jurisdictions are still very understaffed. There's right. I mean the permitting process is essentially the same. Um, so although it speeds up one end, you're still right. slowed down in the back end. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's going to help the community. I think the, the idea was to help the people that live here in Florida to be able to benefit from more affordable housing. But, We still have a long ways to go, and it's still very early to see what some of the issues are going to be. Um, I do think that it, it is a driver, especially in the affordable housing market, for the developer, the GC, and the architects to collaborate a little bit more. Yeah. And you see that a lot here in Central Florida, too. You see, I mean, design build is becoming a lot more popular. Right. Um, that collaboration between all of the professionals from a very early start, from a you know site acquisition stage. I mean, even your broker is getting involved right. in, in that full team to be able to go in and do a development. Um. It's, it's I think it's going to push that a little bit faster, um, which is good. I, I think the industry needs it. I think especially here in Central Florida, um, there's a lot of people that want to work with each other instead of kind of piecemealing this thing. Um, we do a lot of design build projects. I like having the full team on board. I mean, my meeting today was civil engineer, the architect, the owner and myself. Right. And so that collaboration across board. Makes a lot smoother process, right? Um, and it, it does become co- more cost effective too down the road. And there's a lot less button yeah. heads, right? Um, which is historically been the general path of development, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that's one of the big challenges. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I started in development, I was actually working with uh David Lamb yep. and Lamb and Company Partners, and it was a small operation, but I, I really do appreciate something and I kind of still apply it to this day. I know it's been hard. Uh, during COVID, everybody got used to being on Zoom, which I think even now people have adapted to it. And sure. It's been really helpful. But I remember every meeting we had for any but any one of our projects, it was architect, civil engineer, ourselves as a contractor slash design builder, and the owner in the room with a set of plans, physical plans. We're doing a page turner. We're yep. looking at every little detail together. Yep. And then it, it made it so much smoother, like you said, to make a deal work. Um, I also got to sit in some very funny meetings where... People personally were butting heads, mm-hmm. and I was always a fly on the wall. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great! Yeah, right, you know, right. give me the popcorn, I'm <laughs> right. ready." But I feel that that needs to stay on as like the mo. Yeah, I feel that that when you bring everybody together and you communicate, projects just tend to right. flow smoother for everybody. Right. So the the
1: door of communication, especially opened early. Allows that same door of communication because development and construction. I mean, there's problems. Yeah, there's problems from literally the start all the way to the finish. And so if that door is open up very early, then that door stays open all the way through. It's very hard to be close off if you're butting heads in the start of something. Right. It's going to be like that way the entire process. Right. Um. And so I, you know, I do, I do see the industry, especially here in Central Florida. You know, and I've seen that with CCC Orlando and that dynamic. Um, that intertwined of community in the industry right. um, happened. So it, I think it's I think it's changing a little bit more, and I think yeah. the Live Local Act is going to kind of trajectory that a little faster.
0: Yeah, going back to the Live Local Act. So I've I've obviously been researching and following you know the conversation around it. How do you think it's impacting the landowners? Have you seen current
1: landowners? Right. Um, I think it gives them an opportunity to think about their land for redevelopment for, I mean, if you've got now, I mean, you, it, there's obviously certain zoning requirements. I mean, you right. can't own a piece of land in an industrial park and say, I want to put townhomes in. I mean, right. that just isn't going to work. Um, but I think it opens up that creativity to say, hey, I own this piece of land. Maybe I need to reposition it to do something else. Um, and I think it also opens up opportunities for other developers to come in and JV with that landowner. Um, cause maybe that landowner is just, just land banking and he doesn't really want to you know, develop it. He's right. just holding it and a developer can come in and say, Hey, look, we'll, we'll take the sweat and we'll go in and we'll develop the whole thing. You just kind of JV partnership. So I do believe it, it opens doors for new development, especially for, for the current landowners. Right.
0: More flexibility. Sure. Have you seen it where it's creating maybe some unrealistic expectations about land value with certain landowners? Have you seen that at all?
1: Um, again, it's very early in the live local act. Um, I mean, it's been four months, you know? Um, so I don't know. I think that that is a possibility, but I think with the tax incentives that are in place, I don't know. We'll see. I can't.
0: I mean, it's still, like you said, I think it will be a great approach to fixing some of the issues that we have with providing housing. Sure. Um, and I think that it's, it's definitely a must, and everybody must come together and think creatively on how to bring these projects about. Obviously, like you said, so it kind of expedites the zoning aspect as it gets approved on an administrative level, but then you still get bottlenecked and permitting. And then the other side of that coin is whether a site can be entitled for live local and you have the maximum densities and intensities that the municipality can provide is whether or not you have the infrastructure to accommodate for that. growth, And that's another big part of that conversation. Is is that going to start turning into more private public partnerships between developers and municipalities? And, you know, how do you bring growth to areas that are so kind of undeveloped?
1: Well, I think that's that's the key. Right. I think. Because we're still so early, mm. I think that's gonna be a challenge that these local jurisdictions are gonna have to face right. um and start preparing for. But I think because it's so early, you you still have you're 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 an early adaptation, right? Like mm. legislation gets passed, developers start to come in. Most of those are, are bigger guys that can take on big tracts of land that've got the financial capital. Right. There's only so much money that goes around. Right. And so I think until you start to get into heavy adaptation, like the local jurisdictions aren't going to start thinking about that infrastructure. I think they're right now they're thinking about, you know, development and new people and sales tax and property tax right. and, you know, community. And I think that that infrastructure, unfortunately, is kind of in hindsight for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that once your your companies like Mill Creek and then the, your smaller developers start to come in and start to do the thing, they're going to have to adapt their their infrastructure for sure. Yeah, because there are many areas that don't have the supportive right. infrastructure for it.
0: Right. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, so I'm going to be watching it. And like you said, it's early, but I'm starting to see some projects start to get yeah. proposed here in Central Florida, like uh, Orange County. There's a few that are being proposed for Live Local. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be watching that. It's going to be kind of interesting to see what it turns into.
1: I think it's going to take, and this is kind of what we discussed yesterday, like your bigger developers coming in and doing it and being successful, mm. and then people start to trickle in. Like, right. okay, how did they do it? What did they have to do? And, you know, if there's this collaboration, you know, one of the questions I asked Damien was like, are you going to see a lot more affordable housing developers come to Florida for this? Right. You know, it's still very early, but I think it's definitely possible.
0: Well, and then, like you said, Florida seems like this is, I feel Florida is the state that everybody loves to hate. Yeah. But obviously everybody also wants to be in Florida. You know, we're like the last to see the ripple effects of like any craziness going out or or happening nationwide. But I do believe that Florida, like somehow, we just stick it through. Like we just we ride it, like the worst economies out. Yeah, I think COVID actually never happened here. Right, <laughs> sure. right. Like we had to go on lockdown, but everybody was like, "Ah, why are we on lockdown? Like this is not happening here." Right. Um. So you know, I'm I'm excited for what this is going to turn into for Central Florida in general. So sure. And anything you can share or or any information where you think like some of our viewers can go and research a little bit more. Um, whether that be through the CCC website or through you, like we'd love to hear from it and kind of like tag it in.
1: Yeah. We, we send out a weekly newsletter. So if you just go on our website, it's CCC Orlando. No. Yeah. CCC Orlando.net. You just go in there to be a um, subscriber to our newsletter. It goes out once, once a week. And so next week we'll send out kind of an update with some links for the Live Local Act and you can kind of get access to that. And also, get access to come to our events and, and enjoy some good times and meet some really cool people
0: cool and then on your podcast because you obviously also have a, by the way thank you for stealing my idea
1: i'm pretty sure first to market
0: i'm pretty sure i was the <laughs> one who told you about this and you just stole my idea so, so on record here i, I did said not it, steal, i said it I did, first
1: i didn't steal the idea that was something that was in the works for a long time it was just the launch kind of happened <laughs> that way
0: that's what he says okay mm-hmm. But um, in closing, so obviously, you know, you're running the podcast, vice president of operations at PVC, chair and co-founder for the CCC. You're somebody who's very, very heavily involved in your community and what you're doing. So what piece of advice would you give to, you know, the younger generation trying to tap into this market, into this industry?
1: Um, one, surround yourself with, with people that um, you want to be like. And I, w- and I say people as a plural term. Um, I, I don't think mentorship is great. Leadership is great, but only having one um, right. can be a little toxic. I think not only on the relationship, but also it can be toxic on your professional growth right. and personal growth. Um, I think if you do that, you don't separate different things of personalities and future things and you kind of just replicate one person and that's not good. You're in, you're in your own person and you need to you know, develop your own skills and your own personality and everything like that. So that would be the first kind of piece of advice. Um, This industry is about bringing value. And so figure out how you can bring value. If you're very early, um, you know, this is one of the questions that I ask on my podcast all the time. It's like how, you know, if you're interviewing people that are very successful, they're almost like they've hired a CEO, they're almost outside their company. That person is not having coffee with, You know, Joe Blow, who just started at X, Y, and Z company, and he's been there a month. Like, you've got to be able to provide value. You've got to be able to do do diligence, um, be consistent, be persistent, um, and just learn, grow. I think there are a ton of people that I've luckily had the opportunity to meet that are very helpful, that are very willing to um, pour into me and my professional and, and personal life but there's a, it's a it's a two-sided coin and so you know i'd really try to make sure that i'm providing value to them as much as i can or as little as i can i i, I mean at least i try you know and i think that's it's a big thing especially in in this industry and if you want to succeed you want to get further in you've got to learn how to provide value seek you know research figure out what you don't know um, there's a ton of YouTube videos that you can find out a lot of information right um, so
0: much so much resources in the palm of, so much free resources right. in the palm of our hands.
1: A lot of it's just about internal fortitude right. just getting out and going to do it um, working hard people see that when you work hard when you really are curious and you want to learn more and you're not a know-it all and you don't think that you know you can do something that you never have done, and you don't need any guidance, like people see right through that. Um, and they understand, I mean, if you're very candid and open and authentic, people want to help people like that right? because it's, it's a lot easier transition and flow of information, um, because you're willing to receive. Right.
0: I think for me, um, one of the things is obviously, you know, I've been, I've had some great mentors in the industry and like, like you, I've kind of picked, people from different, you know, walks of life. And I think another important thing to denote here is that I've chosen them. I've intentionally pursued the people that I wanted to meet. I've intentionally pursued the people that I want to learn from. Um, But it's also about, like, don't necessarily do what they say. Watch what they do. Right. Because a lot of people in their personalities in our industry, as you probably well know, have a lot of egos. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I'll develop one eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, but um, a lot of people will like to just tell you what to do. But if you see what they've done, it's it's kind of like opposite. Right. So sometimes it's just to learn from what they've done and how they've done it. Um, and it takes kind of looking into different perspectives and right. how everybody does it in the industry and just kind of gathering your own and building your own. Um, and then I think the other really cool thing, and, and maybe is because I could be a little shameless sometimes, is don't be afraid to ask stupid questions.
1: Uh, absolutely. There's like, no raise your hands. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think when you ask questions, that then sparks this thing within that relationship was like, okay, well, they're asking questions, so then they're curious. They want to learn. Right. They want to grow, so now I can help them. Right. If you're not asking questions, then you know it all and why do you need me, you know? So, and then the last thing I would say is build your network. I I can't emphasize the importance of your network, um, and who you surround yourself with and that that's a major player in in your growth.
0: Yeah. And I think that that goes for anybody trying to tap into the industry, whether you're going to be in a a strong sales position or you're going to be, you know, in the operations and kind of like, it is so important for every type of role. To have that that network like you said right you don't have to go out and be a social butterfly with everybody but it's so important to have a network that you can rely on even sometimes I'm working on projects and I call engineers that are not even in the project. It's like listen I just need you to give me like a quick assessment a peer review and just having that network of people you can tap into it's so important
1: right in this industry I mean you've got to be known right um, I mean, for someone to answer the call like for instance your example with the engineer if you didn't know the engineer, you right. just called up some random engineer. They're like, Who are you? And why should I help you? Okay, I need a retainer. And like, you know, yeah. like just stupid stuff like that. So if you're known and you have credibility and you've built rapport with people, and then that kind of like, there's this like tree of network that just continues to flow down. Because you meet one person, they refer you to another person, and that, and right. it just keeps going. So you know, networking is not about just going to these events. Right. Networking is networking is about building relationships. Yeah. Um, and I would say authentic. You know, I'm a real person, and I, it's just laying everything out there and just saying, "Hey, this is who I am." And I don't know everything. I've you know, I need help. I want help. I want guidance. And so being curious about that is is very important. Gets you yeah. a long ways.
0: Yeah. Taking action. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Like even in the, in, in the moment of fear where you're like, oh my gosh, should I do not Just do it. Yeah. Just take action. Just do it. Just jump in. Just jump in. Yeah. That's right. So I'm going to end the question or end the interview with one question. I know you're, you're still very young into your career, but how would you like to be remembered? Like uh, I'm talking about, you know, 80-something, almost 90-year-old Branson sitting over there on a porch with all his grandkids, you know, looking back on your life and what you've done. Like, how would you love to be remembered?
1: My mantra has always been be the change you want to see in the world. And my what gets me up every day, why, you know, whether it's construction, development, the podcast, CCC, whatever it is, has always been to try to make an impact. Um And if I can make an impact on people's lives, whether that's intellectually, whether that's spiritually, whether that's emotionally, whatever those things are, I feel like I've done what I need to do. Um, And honestly, I I don't look at it as far as like scale. Like I don't look at it like, oh, I've got to change a thousand people's lives. Like that's not – I want to – just change one life at a time. And even if that's by one interaction at a time, I'm okay with that. Um, Of course, you know, building companies and, you know, with with companies and and profession, like it's building stuff that is there after you die. right? Right. But the reason I enjoy development is because, That's something that's going to impact someone's life, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's whatever it is, people are coming through, they're having experiences and they're creating memories. Right. So to be able to be a part of that is substantial. And that was one of the things of my why behind commercial real estate was commercial real estate is a profession that provides an opportunity to impact many people's lives on a massive scale. Right. Um, and just by that, I mean, you think about like, even like a, a coffee shop, how many people come in and out of the door every day? I mean, you're almost thousands and some, I mean, you go to Starbucks, there's a hundred people in between eight and 10, you know? So yeah, I mean, it's just about making an impact. It's about changing people's lives, changing their perspectives, being humble, being someone of integrity and character. Um, but also being someone that's driven and ambitious and not afraid um, someone of, of trust and faith that God's kind of got it all figured out and I'm just kind of walking through. And a lot of this stuff I can't do in my own strength. It's the strength of God that's given me and the ambition and everything else, so... I, can, I mean, I can't answer that question directly, but it's just more about changing people's lives. More well, than you,
0: you said a lot more than, than <laughs> intended, but I think it just speaks to the person that you are. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I congratulate you again. I wish you all the success. I know you're going to be one to watch in the industry. You're one to watch already. So I know you're going to like take this to the limit. So I, I'm here Hopefully. for you as a friend, help you in any way I can. But I'm super proud of you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But anyway, Branson, thanks for being on on this episode with me of We're Invested, you know HM's podcast. Yeah, um, again, before we go, drop a plug for your podcast. Tell people where they can find your information, CCC and PEC.
1: Yeah, so the podcast is beyondtheblueprintpodcast.com. dot um, So we have all of our episodes access to YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all the guests, their interviews. Um, I think we're coming up on our thirtieth episode, so okay. it's it's been really cool um ccc is just CCCOrlando.net, and you can find all of our events you can find all the charities that we benefit to you can find out who we are what we're about and our entire team pbc is just pbcfla.com um, same thing there you can see our projects see what we do um, as far as getting hold to me i'm you know super active on linkedin so that's probably going to be the easiest route um yeah. So there you have
0: it, folks. Branson Bowen.
1: Thanks for having me on, Emma. Thanks, great. Ransom.
0: Appreciate it. We're Invested Podcast is produced by Atrium Management Company. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to like, follow, and
1: subscribe.